Hello and welcome to Match Day FM. It's Morgan and it's deflected in out of absolutely nothing. Curzon and Ashton lead. Dixie to Hardy. Hardy in behind. Hardy past the goalkeeper. Hardy into the goal. 2-1 filed. Chance of Colin Day bubbling everywhere again. The other shot. And it's in. It's a recall as for Colin Day. It's been coming. What's a gap and he goes through it. And Akron gets the first try of the game for Siddle. Dan Bradley on his debut scores his first goal for Fylde. They've got it with Smith. They've got it with Smith. They've got a score with Smith. Unbelievable. Great chance. They've won it. Ashton have won it. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Matchday FM podcast. I'm Kieran Macon and I'm delighted, as always, to be joined by my good friend Sam Jordan to preview this Saturday's fight night heavyweight clash for the WBO mandatory spot between Alexander Usyk and Derek Chisora. Sam, how are we? Are we looking forward to a bit of boxing action this weekend? I am keen, very much looking forward to it. Uh, it's a fight that obviously has been in the offing now for... Ooh, well, it's been talked about for well over a year, hasn't it? But it was meant to happen in March, obviously. Um, the the virus put pay to that, or was it May even? Possibly, possibly May, I think, actually. But the virus put pay to that. Uh, so, obviously, we get to see it now behind closed doors, which is disappointing for the fans. But, nevertheless, looking forward to it, and hopefully Del Boy can steal the show on Saturday night. Let's just get straight into the main event, shall we then? Um, yeah. Usyk, obviously a former undisputed world cruiserweight champion you know won the world boxing super series as well i think inside what was it 14 15 fights something like that um yeah heavyweight it's not a formality or or is it how do you you see it going first and foremost Uh, i don't know i mean obviously you have to make alexander usik the favorite um he's you know proven pedigree both as an amateur and as a a professional as you rightly pointed out he uh he unified the, the cruiserweight division in, you know, as you say, 14, 15 fights. So um, he has to be taken as a serious, serious um, threat in the heavyweight division just just for that fact alone. Um, what I would say is, though, he's coming up, obviously, his first fight at heavyweight was last, this time last year, October last year, September last year, against uh, Chaz Witherspoon. It wasn't exactly the best test for him, really, uh, a heavyweight. Um, so he's still unproven at heavyweight, but obviously... He's coming up this weekend against, you know, rejuvenated um, Derek Chisora, who is sort of having an Indian summer in his career, uh, coming towards the back end of his career. But he, he's had some really good results uh, of late. Um, and it's going to be a real test for Alexander Usyk. I, I, I think that uh, Usyk will... He will dominate large portions of the fight, I believe, um, just working off the back foot and, and trying to keep Derek Chisora at bay. And there'll be times when Derek Chisora might have to um, eat punches and, and potentially look a bit silly um, and a bit laboured, but he just has to stick at it and remember that it's a 12-round fight and just consistently try and apply pressure and hopefully get to Usyk in the later rounds. That's it, isn't it? I mean, styles do make fights for sure. Um, Usyk, from what we know, is you know a pretty slick boxer. Um, Tony Bellew, you know, speaks highly of them both, actually, because obviously he's a close friend of Derek Chisora's, but he's shared a ring, obviously, both in sparring and, and in a professional capacity with Alexander Usyk, who, you know, did did knock him out. But um, one of Bellew's sort of points that he made about Usyk was how good his footwork was and how quick his footwork was at getting away from his opponent. Now, I don't know what you think, um, but in my opinion, for Ch- Chisora to win this fight, he needs to um, cut off the ring 
and you know try and turn it into a bit of a slugfest, a bit of a war. Would you agree with that? And how difficult is that going to be, given that Usyk obviously has uh, twinkle toes, if you like, and he's a very sharp uh, counterpuncher as well? Yeah, I mean, as you pointed out there, it's it's one thing saying he has to cut off the ring, which is exactly right, but a lot harder doing that. Um, Alexander Usyk's very clever in terms of um, his foot placement, uh, making you think that he's he's, he's going to uh, throw a shot when he actually doesn't, and he's constantly giving your mind taking over. One thing for that Derek Chisora might not care about, which is what Kuvitz was certainly uh, caring about, is that. Uh, Alexander Usyk, because he's a southpaw coming up against the right hand there, certainly a cruiserweight. The cruiserweights were very wary uh, of, of the foot placements, potentially legs get tangled up, and, and Usyk get himself into positions to throw shots. Because Usyk's the naturally smaller man, Derek Chisora won't care about that. So it'll be a case of literally Chisora just has to cut the ring off. Do not let Usyk uh, get out from um, by stepping, stepping sideways. He has to. Literally, I, I wouldn't be going towards Usyk. I'd just be going left and right. That's what I'd be doing because he's the naturally bigger man. He's got the he's got uh, the bigger reach, the bigger size. Everything. He just he just has to go sideways laterally and just uh, get himself into a position. And to be honest, if if Derek Chisora can pin Usyk on the ropes, that's where you, that's where Usyk, uh, Usyk's going to be his most vulnerable. And Chisora's going to be able to do his best work, as proven against Arthur Spilken and uh, other good opponents like uh, Carlos Takam. He just needs to get him on the ropes, pin him, and that, and just let them bombs fly. That's his best chance of winning the fight. Two good points you made there, which I'm glad you brought up, is obviously the talking about the footwork of Usyk is the lateral movement. I think that's obviously he's very good at stepping to either side and throwing that southpaw jab, and that's how he sort of gets out of trouble and puts his opponents in trouble. But also about you saying, Chisora, it's important for him to you know pin Usyk on the ropes as such and and make it a real close fight. You know the what's the old saying in, inside a phone box something like that you know phone box yeah, type right, of fight yeah, right on the inside, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah and um and this is something that's been said you know throughout today and, and in the in the build-up this week and it, it took me back to uh Mayweather and Hatton actually I know it's not a heavyweight fight but Hatton wanted to lean on Mayweather didn't he get his head on his chest and throw those body shots and the, and the ref wouldn't allow him so is it important that Chisora gets a ref who's going to ref this in in that certain way if if if, if that makes sense yeah, it's important, but what I would say in comparison to the Vicky Hatton fight is that the, the, the referee, obviously, uh, which was Joe Cortez, I think, for the year, for the Vicky Hatton fight, he obviously, Floyd Mayweather was an American, Joe Cortez an American, the fight was in America, it was always going to be, Hatton was always up against it, regardless of um, of who was referee, really, just because of where the fight was taking place in America. Now, I know, you know, Americans moan about uh, you know getting a decision over here in Britain, but you know, just things like that. It doesn't matter where you go with it. Italy, Canada, Spain, Germany, wherever you go, referees are going to be influenced by whoever the home fighter is. Now, that's one thing that Derek Chisora has got in his favour um, is this, you know, is the fact that the referee is from his home country. He's going to give him every opportunity to try and fight his fight. That's not to say that Derek Chisora will fight a, a dirty fight, but just to, to let him box the way he what he wants to box and turn this into a slugfest. But at the same time, Alexander Usyk um, will be looking to tie Derek Chisora up on, on the inside every single time Chisora uh, tries to go to work. And he, he will be making sure that the referee knows if that 
it's just all it throws any illegal balls, whether it's been low punches, uh, low punches, rabbit punches, that uh, he'll, be, he'll be letting everyone know, whether it's the referee or the uh, the judges at ringside, everyone know that Cesaro's uh, operating in an illegal manner. So, yeah, it, it is important for Derek that he, that he does have, have the referee on side, but I, I can't uh, come Saturday night. He is on a hot streak as well, as you mentioned, sort of Indian summer of his career. You know, his last three fights, he beat Senad Gashi on points. That wasn't, you know, one for the purist as such, but a second round knockout of uh, Tespilka, who went, I believe, eight rounds with Deontay Wilder before getting absolutely flattened. And then obviously his last fight was a fourth round KO of David Price. Um, he is the naturally bigger man, as as you said. Sammy's a natural heavyweight, which is the interesting thing about uh, Usyk stepping up to heavyweight. And also, he seems to be in the peak fitness of his career. I don't know if that's uh, just him being a bit more driven and dedicated because he knows he's coming to the end or it's to do with working with David Hay as well. Um, if it does become a slugfest, which will be tough as you are, and he starts using that extra weight and the natural body weight, how do you think Usyk will go? Do you think Usyk can go toe-to-toe and trade and win with Chisara by a knockout? As such, I know we can knock him out by breaking him down, but I mean, if it turns into a slugfest, short answer no. I don't think Usyk can win that way. If this turns into a slugfest, he can't. If this turns into a slugfest, it falls right into the hands of Derek Chisora. As you rightfully pointed out, um, he's obviously been working with David Hay and his training team for the last few fights ever since really just before the Dillian White rematch. Um, he's in phenomenal shape as we've seen all week. Um, he's been training for this, you know, for this particular opponent for well over a year now, um, and Dennis Chisora will be as fit as any heavyweight on the planet come Saturday night. What Alexander Usyk must do is keep Dennis Chisora off him. If he keeps him off him, he wins the fight. It's that simple. If he doesn't, he loses the fight, and that's why, you know, I, I would stop short of saying it's a fifty-fifty fight because Alexander Usyk, in terms of his pedigree, in terms of his technical ability. Uses class and, and, and you know is the much smarter fighter, the the better boxer in there. And all you know when a boxer comes up against a fighter, you always tend to favour the boxer. However, if Derek Chisora can make this a brawl and can make this an out and out slugfest as you as you uh, termed it before, I make Derek Chisora a massive favourite if it comes to that because he just he's bigger, he carries more power, he's relentless. He won't care about what uh, to be honest. Bell, Tony Bellew's obviously been interviewed a you know, few times in the build-up to this fight. And he's, you know, obviously, as you rightly pointed out earlier, that he was, he was knocked out by Alexander Usyk. But he wasn't knocked out through the power of Usyk's punches necessarily. He was knocked out because he was knackered mm-hmm. off the constant movements of Alexander Usyk. And Derek Chisora's not going to worry about that movement because, one, he's not trained himself to make weight. And two, he will be cutting off the ring. And he'll be fighting a completely different fight to Tony Bellew. Tony Bellew actually tried to outbox Alexander Usyk, which... To be fair to him, he did for six rounds. He was very good, Tony Bellew, for six rounds, but it took it out of him and he gassed. And that's why he ended up getting knocked out and stopped by Alexander Usyk because he just couldn't keep up with the, the, the value, kept up with the pace and exceeded the pace for six rounds. And then after that, it just caught up with him and Alexander Usyk stepped on the gas and ultimately got the stoppage. Um, I don't see that happening to Derek Chisora. And in all honesty, it's literally just a, a case of which fight are we going to get? Is it going to be a technical where Usyk keeps him off it? Then it'll be a shutout, twelve-round points for three Fusi. Or can Chisora get to him and make this a war? And if he does, I fancy him. I think that's what makes it such an interesting fight. And you make a good point, and you made it a couple of times about. I think Chisora is going to be willing 
I think he'd be willing to give up two minutes of a round to have a good one minute, if if that makes sense in each round. Um, yeah, because if if he'll he'll feel though as though he, he only needs a you know one one minute thirty seconds of success and he's and he's got a chance of, of hurting Usyk, but he's obviously chasing him around the ring and trying to uh, chase the boxer, so to speak. And um, before we go on to our predictions, Sam, we'll both we'll both give it a crack. Um, yeah. Just a quick one, really, and it's a, it's a bit of a bit of a sort of fantasy boxing, if you like. But obviously, the winner is the WBO mandatory. Uh, obviously, yep. that belt is currently held by Anthony Joshua. I just want to ask you, really, if you know whoever wins Chisora or Usyk, um, what kind of problems can they both pose to AJ? Should that fight happen for either of them? Being totally honest, I don't see either one of them posing a threat for AJ. If I'm honest, uh, I don't think Usyk is hard enough to pose a threat for AJ, uh, and I feel like Joshua is too athletic. Um, he would not let Alexander Usyk run rings around him in the ring. It just wouldn't happen. If he does let him do it, it'll be for a couple of rounds before it. He's quick. Uh, he's quick footed himself. AJ. He's not. Necess- he's not like um, uh, stuck in the mud when he's in the ring. He he's, he throws combinations quicker than any other heavyweight. Um, I don't see Alexander Usyk posing too much of a problem for Joshua. To be honest. Um, Dennis Azora, I feel like Dennis Azora would pose more problems, frankly, Joshua, being honest. Um, in terms of, obviously, his weight rate's very high and, you know, he, he throws lots of shots and, you know, he throws bombs. Um, so, potentially, he could get to Anthony Joshua, but I just see Anthony Joshua knocking him out before he even got to the got to the point. If they have an exchange, similar to how Dillian White did in the, in the rematch, I just feel Anthony Joshua will knock him out and it'll be good, my God bless, for Dennis Azora, unfortunately. I think I'd agree with you, to be honest. I think, obviously, the two best heavyweights on the planet are currently the two best who... Uh, the two fellas who have all the belts, sorry. That's Joshua yep. and, and Fury, to be honest with you. Two natural I think, I think, heavyweights. Yeah, exactly. And I think, to be honest, I think they're leagues ahead. I know both of them have got the vulnerabilities and I, I know there's there's, pe- there's people out there who prefer Tyson Fury. There'll be people out there who prefer Anthony Joshua. I think, actually, it's unfair to split them at the moment because although... Um, Andy Joshua had the loss to Andy Ruiz. Obviously, there were circumstances behind that, um, you know, which haven't been revealed, which he doesn't want to reveal. Um, he probably did take him a bit lightly as well, didn't think he could be beaten. Tyson Fury has also shown vulnerability as well as showing heart. He, he's, you know, he's been down uh, a few times in his career. You know, I mean, there's, there's cynics out there that would argue Tyson Fury lost to John McDermott. So, you know, I've got a lucky decision. There's a lot of people who think that, and, you know, um, at the end of the day, I think I think it's very close between them two, but I do feel like they they are a league above the rest of the heavyweight division, including Deontay Wilder. Um, I don't buy into this, you know, uh, what Tyson Fury team say that him and Wilder are the two best in the division. They're absolutely not talking absolute nonsense. Um, Deontay Wilder, although he's got a you know he's a he's a good fighter, and he, you know, big right hand, a deadly deadly weapon. I just feel like against anyone who's one his size. And two, can match his power. He just comes unstuck. And we've seen that against Tyson Fury. Um, I feel like Anthony Joshua would knock him out as well. That's the beauty of the heavyweight division, isn't it? I think at the moment, it's probably the most competitive competitive it has been for a very long time. But anything can happen. And it's so unpredictable. Like you said, even though Fury and Joshua are leagues ahead, they've had the problems in the past, both of them. I mean, you mentioned about Fury John McDermott. I'm sure Steve Cunningham, who was a cruiserweight himself, had, had, had put Fury down at, at very least in their yeah. fight. So um, it is very interesting and always it's always very open as well, um, which, you know, 
now we're moving on to predictions, it, it's going to be a difficult one because anything can happen. But, Sam, what do you think is going to happen in, in this fight ultimately? I mean, it's a case of head and heart, really. I mean, the head's telling me, obviously, Alexander Usyk probably wins a unanimous decision. Shut out, really. Um, and the heart's telling me Derek Chisora wins by stoppage. Normally, I tend to go with my heart, but on this occasion, I'm going to go with my head and say Alexander Usyk, I fancy him, a unanimous decision. Well, I'm going to be very boring because I fully... I'm exactly the same as you, to be honest. I think Usyk, um, nice, slick, clean boxing performance and he'll win on points. Uh, quite comfortably, but like I said, in in the heart of hearts, there's something in there that tells me that Chisari will take him late and break his heart a little bit and land one big. I hope he does. Really Swooping over does. right, over and right. Yeah, no, so do I. I mean, um, I like them both, which makes it such a good fight because they're both likable characters. I think. I mean, I know Chisari's done some mad stuff in his time, but I think he's he's um, almost adhered himself to the British public these last okay. few fights and Usyk seems to be dealing himself to the British fans obviously fought here a few times so um, it's I a think bit of a win yeah he's just funny isn't he which is why people like him you know, he, you know he comes out with some strange comments and obviously seeing across the social media he likes to dance and you know uh, entertain he's a bit of an entertainer around Usyk um, obviously today uh, in his press conference he was quite entertaining as well when he was asked about his power he told him to go and ask Tony Bellew didn't he so he's a Likes, um, likes to be the joker, likes to be the funny man. Uh, Derek just orders a deal himself just because he's just an animal, isn't he? He's, he's, uh, he's not scared to go you know, go toe-to-toe with anyone. He, he's never been someone to back down. He'll always take on the biggest fights he possibly can. And to be honest with you, we always tend to see Derek Chisora's best performances when his back's against the wall, and it's certainly against the wall. We see a great performance from both men. I just see... Usyk outboxing him and I see Chisora becoming a bit frustrated and just yeah and just fading away down the stretch unfortunately and I think Usyk's going to win unanimously You're listening to the Matchday FM podcast why not let us know what you think get in touch by searching for Matchday FM on social media Cool, there you have it. Right. Anyway, that's not the only bit of boxing that's going on. There's some actually some uh, decent fights on the undercard. Um, Chief support is Lee Selby v. George Cambosos Jr. Now, this is another one, Sam, that's been delayed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Obviously, there's a lot of fights that have. Um, it's the third fight for Selby since jumping up to lightweight. Um, yeah. Obviously, had a decent win last time out against Ricky Burns, who has obviously been a three-weight world champion, but obviously was coming to the end of his career. He's fighting 18-0, Cambosos Jr. Um, firstly, I think that, you know, Selby looks much happier at, at this weight. Obviously, he, he had success at his previous weight, but, you know, Josh Warrington gave him a good beating where he was sort of, he was dead on the scales, really, wasn't he? Let's be honest, Selby. Um, it's a competitive division, though, as we've just seen with, uh, you know, Tiafimo Lopez beating Lomachenko only a couple of weeks ago. What can Selby achieve in this division, in your eyes? Can he go on to become a world champion? Uh, simple answer, no. I don't think so. Um, I just don't see Lee Selby as a uh, as an elite fighter um, anymore. Uh, a featherweight. I did. I did think he was. He was a. To be honest, a featherweight. I don't think at the time they had any early champions. Being honest, I know Gary Russell Jr. was down there at the time. There was. There was I don't know whether he was champion at the time, though. But I mean, Lee Selby won 
you know, the title against Gradovich, didn't he? And, uh, which was a good win for him. But ever since that Gradovich uh, win, he hasn't looked overly impressive in any fight. Um, I certainly at um, a featherweight. Uh, I don't think we could ever say he was really elite. I don't think personally. I don't think he's fought an elite fighter ever. Really, um, I'd say he's world class and a very good fighter. But I might be harsh. That's only so. But I, I just don't feel like we've ever seen him in with him. Who's a truly elite opponent, really? Um, and certainly in this division at the moment, which is stacked um, in talent, I just don't see how he's going to win a world title. Teofimo Lopez could vacate the IBF, but Lisa, I mean, whoever the order to fight, fight, I don't know who's next up after, uh, after cause obviously Combos is Junior's number one at the moment, so he's number three, isn't he? So I don't know who's in line after after them two, but I just can't see it. Unless he gets, you know, an easy easy uh, opponent for the title, I just I just can't see how he, how he becomes a world champion again, to be honest. No, I, I agree with a lot of points you made, though, to be honest, that when he was down at featherweight, um, after he won the title, he did struggle in a couple of fights. Obviously, up until um, he won some fights, but he was struggling in them. And obviously, up until the, the Josh Warrington fight, where he was just out, out, out boxed, out fought, out everything. Josh Warrington absolutely battered him, um, and then he obviously jumps up to to a weight where he feels more comfortable. But yeah, this division is just frightening. Like I said, Lomachenko and Lopez. You got um, Garcia and Luke Campbell coming up as well, um, yeah. and there's just. Yeah, Devin Haney, uh, Javante Davis as well. So, Davis, it's, yeah. yeah, it's a frightening division. Um, but obviously, like you said, first, if he is going to get on a journey to at least have a world title shot, he's got to get past Combosos Jr. Um, do you know anything about him? Do you know what to expect from him? I've not really seen much of him, to be honest. I know that he's obviously 18 and all, undefeated. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously he's Australian, isn't he? So, he's a bit of a um, bit of an enigma, really. Um, Obviously, a lot of Australian fighters. You don't really know what to get. Sometimes you can get Australian fighters who built a really strong, decent record, like Lucas Brown, for example, um, and then they come up against, you know, a truly, you know, a good opponent from either these shows or America, and they come unstuck. Or you can get someone like Costa Zoo or, you know, Anthony Mundine, so good fighters in their own right. So it, it depends. It mixed bag with Australian fighters. You don't really know what, what you're going to come up against. Um, I haven't seen too much of him if I'm honest I've seen little clips of him on there on YouTube and stuff like that and he looks a, he looks a strong fighter to be fair he looks like he's, he's got a lot of tools in his armory um, and he looks like he can potentially cause Lee Selby a, a lot of problems having said that seeing them uh, in the head to head on today Selby's actually the bigger man in terms of uh, height so he'll have height and reach on his side um, so uh, Combosus Junior will, will similar to Zed's all looking to get onto the chest of Lee Selby and really unleash some bombs because I don't think he'll be able to outbox Lee Selby at range. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because he's a bit of an unknown to an extent, so he almost comes in with an you know nothing to lose. And obviously, you've mentioned Enigma, uh, Enigma Australian fighters. Sorry, you know Jeff Horn sprung, sprung to mind for me. You know, beat Manny Pacquiao, but then the big yeah. fights he's had since then, he's 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 struggled a little bit. So it it really is you know. Let's see what, what he's got to bring to the table, um, which makes it hard for us uh, to make a prediction. Um, I'll go first on this one because you went first on the last one. Um, I think I'm going to go for a Selby points win, um, yeah. to be honest with you. Um, but I'll be interested to see what kind of game plan Combosos brings to the table. Will, will he go after Selby? Like you said, will he try and get on the chest and you know throw some, some hard shots? Um, 
especially with Selby being the bigger man, he won't want to let Selby have a lot of range because um, Selby likes the box, as we know anyway. But I will go for Selby points. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, do you know what? It's a tough one, this, because again, it's like not quite head and heart um, situation, but I do... I can see how both men win the fight, being honest. I can see so I can see Selby outboxing him on the back foot. Um, and I can definitely see Kimbosis Jr. applying lots of pressure and potentially winning that way. Um I see being honest, if I'm being totally honest, although Lee Selby had a good win last time out against Ricky Burns, and I tip Ricky Burns to win that because the f- the first fight he had a lightweight, he didn't look particularly great. Lee Selby looked like he'd gone up off division, obviously to skip super feather. Um, he looked like maybe he should drop down super feather, but against Ricky Burns, he, he, he looked uh, he looked good to be fair. But I just think uh, George Cumbos Jr. is going to try and apply the same game plan that Josh Warrington did, and if he does, I fancy him to take it. And I, I think uh, I think Selby might lose this one. I think it's going to be a unanimous decision for uh, Cumbos Jr. Look at that split down the middle. It's nice because we've agreed on a lot so far, so we'll take that. <laughs> Nice to see you're uh, not showing any patri- uh, patriotism. I know, I know. Get behind a Welsh boy, though. Get behind a Welsh boy, so we'll take, <laughs> we'll take it. You're listening to Matchday FM. It was his number hoot. <laughs> we all laugh now. Was there any point when you were just like, please stop? I remember watching that match and I was thinking, when is this going to end? I was meant to be going to see uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine and I just kept saying to me, like, you know, I'm just watching the end of this match and then <laughs> 10 minutes later, you know, another Patience. text, where are you? Yeah, it still hasn't finished. And to be honest, that's probably why she's an ex-girlfriend of mine. Now. <laughs> I was going to say, blame, blame John Esner for that, I was. Yeah, and, uh, and Nicholas and who yeah, both of them. This is Match Day FM, home of sporting banter and debate. Anyway, um, we'll move on to another card. Uh, sorry, another fight on the card, and it's a, a female fight. You know, female boxing just going from strength to strength for the minute. Obviously, we saw the Katie Taylor rematch with Delphine Pursoon. Um, You know, the first fight was well, you could have split it right down the middle. Um, the second fight was again entertaining, um, and this is another uh, talented female boxer, Sam Savannah Marshall, um, eight and zero so far in her career. She's going to fight Hannah Rankin for the WBO female middleweight title. Now, Savannah Marshall, we'll come on to this in a bit, but she's the only boxer to ever beat Clarissa Shields, and that was in the amateurs. And Hannah Rankin's actually lost to Clarissa Shields in the professionals for, for a world title. So surely this is yep. a formality for Marshall? You'd think so, but Hannah Rankin actually, you know, a tough opponent. Um, I remember that fight, actually, Clarissa Shields against Hannah Rankin. There was a bit of beef in the build, too, as there tends to be every Clarissa Shields fight, to be fair. Um, Hannah Rankin in that fight don't get me wrong she, she was outboxed and comprehensively so but um, she's tough and I don't I don't see this fight being as cut and dry as what uh, other people see it. It, it it's a I think it's a tough fight for Savannah who obviously wants wants to win um, which maybe she won't afford too many like that in her career so far she's had a pretty you know uh Say stop short, easy but a pretty straightforward route to uh, the world title shot. And um, I should be coming up against someone who obviously really fancies it and wants you know wants to win and and is tough and, and can make life difficult for her. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's a it's a tough fight for Savannah Marshall. Um, 
I wouldn't read too much into her in, into her victory against Clarissa Shields and the amateurs, really, to be honest, because obviously that was the only person to beat. Um, Savannah Marshall was the only person to beat Clarissa Shields, and Savannah Marshall was beaten quite a few times in the amateurs. Obviously, uh, she does come with pedigree from the amateurs. Um, obviously, former Sky Scholar, former uh, Team GB um, Olympian. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can take certain aspects of it, but. I wouldn't read too much into that, um, as we've seen with Vasilev Lomachenko. You know, he lost twice in the amateurs, and look, look what he come on to. You know, he's unified. He was a unified lightweight champion. You know, he was, he, he was a, he's a freeweight world champion, isn't he? Within fifteen fights or something. So, wouldn't look too much into it. Um, that that defeat. And we've seen it many times where people have lost in the amateurs and then won in the pros. So, you know, to the NYP, Anthony Joshua in the amateurs, didn't he? Anthony Joshua demolished him in the pros. So, yeah, I mean, wouldn't look too much into that. But yeah. I do think that Savannah Marshall is in for their toughest test come Saturday night. You can see it the other way as well, actually. You know, you can see it where they win a lot in the amateurs and then it comes to the pros and it's a different kettle of fish. And, you know, sometimes they, they can't handle it. You know, you see all, you, you've seen um, in the past these glittering amateurs, who are, you know, slick boxers, they've got all the pedigree and one tough fight in the pros and, you know, it, it, it can be game over. I think of, you know, uh, Anthony Agogo. I don't know if you, know, if you remember. And yeah, he... Man. He, you know, he's he's finished now, isn't he? Because he had a, a really tough fight, a really, really bad loss. But he came in to the pro ranks with a lot of pedigree and a, and a lot of sort of reputation behind him, if you like. But it's not always the case. So, you know, Hannah That's Rankin, it. as you said, she's tough. She she can, you know, she's definitely got a chance. That's it. I mean, you're making a strong point. And, you know, there's plenty of examples of boxers out there that, you know, had a stellar amateur career and then once switched over to the pro game, struggled, you know. And the Agogo um, was one that... Um, he struggled with injuries, didn't he? To be fair, um, to him in particular. Um, but as you rightly pointed out, he he it wasn't just what like he had numerous different injuries and and the go go and just never seemed to get going in the pro ranks. But you know, other examples: Tom Stalker. He was you know he was captain of the Team GB squad. He, he was you know, big hopes for him going into the pro game. He, he was retired by Sean Dodd, wasn't he? You know, um, after getting beat by him. Um, you think of Audie Harrison, which is gold medalist um, Sydney Olympics, we're going into the pro game and just becoming, you know, a laughing stock really um, in the pro game, which was sad for Audie. Um, and then you think of David Place as well, Liverpool's own, um, again, bronze medalist, breeze for everyone um, um, domestically uh, in the pro ranks. And then obviously, as he stepped up to world level against Tony Thompson, come on, stuck. And now, similar for him, as, you know, he's sort of now used as a, as a, uh, as a measuring stick, a measuring you know, measuring yeah. stick for the young fighters now, which is sad to see. So, as you rightly pointed out, it can go either way in the pros, and, and your amateur career doesn't really mean anything once you come to the professional game. Absolutely. So it should make for an interesting fight. Obviously, we've spoke both spoke a lot about the Clarissa Shield sort of angle to this fight, if you like. Um. Either way, whoever wins, to be honest, it'll be decent. Obviously, Hannah Rankin will get another, could get another stab at her in a rematch. Um, but, you know, if Savannah Marshall wins and then obviously having that one up, if you like, in the amateurs. Like you said about, you know, Dillian White and Anthony Joshua. Dillian White obviously beating AJ in the amateurs. Then AJ obviously getting his revenge in the pro ranks. That could make for an interesting fight. In particular, you know, Marshall and, and Shield. It'd be fascinating to see how that would go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, Dillian White was one of one of a few. Uh, Dillian White and Anthony Joshua was one of a few that come to mind. But 
you know, even one of my favourites, key, um, Anthony Fowler and Scott Fitzgerald. Obviously, Anthony Fowler beat Scott Fitzgerald in the amateurs, and obviously, um, it's well documented that uh, I, I wanted uh, Scott Fitzgerald to win. Obviously, going to university up in Preston, I know him from Liverpool, native of Liverpool, but um, I just wanted Scott Fitzgerald to win the fight, and you know, obviously, he did in emphatic fashion, really, towards the end uh, of that fight. Um, close decision. Um, on the scorecards, but really in reality, he won clearly, didn't he? So, um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting, especially rivalries that get you know get built up. And this Savannah Marshall, it's actually turned into a bit of a rivalry, hasn't it, between the two camps? Um, Hannah Rankin's uh, been quite outspoken um, against both Savannah Marshall uh, and her team. So, it's it's it sort of stoked the rivalry, and I'm interested to see how this fight goes from Saturday night. I, I think this could be a bit of a war. Yeah, it it sounds like it's heading that way, you know, and I think it it might be from Hannah Rankin's perspe- perspective, sorry, that, you know, there's a bit of disrespect there, you know, because Savannah Marshall, like I said, got this glittering amateur career. She's she's coming in and all the, you know, press coverage and all that surrounding the fighters that she's going to win comfortably. I mean, Dave Allen, who we'll get on to shortly, I've seen him at the press conference today, he was wearing a Savannah Marshall t-shirt. Um, so, you know, she, there's clearly a lot of hype around her. But it's going to make for an interesting fight, like you said. Obviously, Hannah Rankin's tough. So, your turn to go first with the predictions. How do you think this one's going to go? Savannah Marshall points straight forward. I think I'm going to go Savannah Marshall late stoppage, I think. Um, I think she'll just She's grind down. She's tough, yeah, but I think she'll just keep coming. And, you know, sometimes you can you can be too tough for your own good, can't you, and take, take a bit of punishment. Um, I mean, she has every chance of winning, like you said. And I love a fighter who keeps coming don't get me wrong I love, I love a fighter that yeah. is tough and you know will just go to war no matter what but I think Savannah Marshall with a with a late stoppage yeah I think I think Marshall's going to have the majority of the fight she's technically more gifted fighter you know uh, she has got the better pedigree um, of the two um, I do see it dominating large portions of the fight but I do think Banker will have success and I do think it'll be uh, Savannah Marshall's toughest test that she's, she's had so far, but I just see her winning too many rounds, being honest, in my opinion. Um, do I see the stoppage? No, you don't tend to see too many stoppages in women's fights, do you, really? Um, and Hannah Rankin is, is, a, is a durable, tough opponent, so I don't necessarily see the stoppage, but I'm not saying that, I, I, I'm not saying that it can't happen. Savannah Marshall is a big puncher, so, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting, and, uh, yeah, um, Hopefully come Saturday night we get to see a war on that one. Let's see how it goes. The Matchday FM podcast, available now on Apple and Spotify. Right, there's plenty of other fights on this card as well. Um, Obviously, Tommy McCarthy is fighting for the European Cruiserweight uh, title. He's come off the back of a a really good win against uh, Fabio Turchi in Italy. Um, Obviously, Turchi's home you know, back garden, if you like him. Um, so he's got a bit, a bit of momentum behind him. But we are going to finish um, on another fight, which is on in the card, and that is the aforementioned Dave Allen, the people's champion, if you like. Um, yep. He is, well, at this present moment, as we are recording this podcast, he is fighting Christopher Lovejoy. But obviously there's some stuff that's unraveled today where Don King has bailed up Eddie Earn in the early hours of the morning, Sam and said, whoa, 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 what are you doing making this fight? Christopher Lovejoy is contracted to me. 
Um, he's meant to be fighting Trevor Bryant in a few weeks' time, but this fight hasn't been made yet. Firstly, before we go into you know analyzing any, fight, any of the fight, did you see Don King making <laughs> making a comeback? <laughs> Don King won't leave boxing until his last breath. I can guarantee that. You know, you know. Obviously, he's far, far past his sell-by date in terms of his promotional days, and you know, he doesn't tend to have any of the best fighters anymore. Um, but you know, he, he he likes to you know stay um, stay up a controversy every now and again, doesn't he? And it wouldn't be Don King if he if he wasn't kicking off in some way, shape, or form. And uh, yeah, he's through a bit of a span into the works today, hasn't he? Obviously, no one really knows too much about this Christopher Lovejoy. Being honest, um, obviously he's got an impressive record. Is it nineteen or eighteen knockouts, something like that? So nineteen or nineteen knockouts actually, which oh, will come 19 on. Nineteen knockouts. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, but he's obviously he's built up like sort of looking at that record. You think, oh great, you know, looks looks at a real good fighter and potentially could be that. But I mean, Dave Allen's a strong favourite with the bookies, and the bookies don't often get it wrong, do they? So um, it's an intriguing fight. This one, I mean, it reminds me sort of of uh, do you remember when David Hay made his comeback against the uh, Arnold the Cobra, or what, what uh, was next fight after his comeback against the uh, yeah Arnold Jersey? Yeah, and. Um, Obviously, he was. I think he was twenty-eight and over, something like that, wasn't he? And Shannon Briggs stormed the press conference, and just <laughs> David Hay was trying to like make out as if this fight was a real good fight, you know, real competitive fight. He just demolished him with me. So yeah, yeah. I, don't get me wrong. Dave Allen's not David Hay, but uh, being honest, it, I, this fight it could be competitive. It depends what Dave Allen turns up, doesn't it? You know, if Dave Allen turns up in shape and decides to, you know, really. Go go to war with this guy. Then I, f- I feel like Dave Allen will get him out of there. But it really depends. Dave Allen tries to box, which he, he's not necessarily. He's got, he's got some skills, but he's, sometimes with Dave Allen, it's like you're waiting for him to get into click into gear, and it just doesn't happen with him. Um, I genuinely thought that Dave Allen was going to stop David Price when, when he fought David Price. Uh, Price he boxed his head off and then just obliterated him, didn't he? You know, in the end, and it was like watching that fight. It was, it was a bit of very very weird Dave Allen performance, and that was probably one of the fittest Dave Allen we've seen. So, I, don't, I just don't know what to expect from Dave Allen. He, he really, he's the British enigma. You really don't know what you're going to get with him. And uh, Saturday night, I don't even know what to, where to start. You know, I don't even know who to. I, I wouldn't know who to pick in that one. I would definitely wouldn't be putting it on my boxing accumulator. Put it that way. I'm with you. I think this is just anybody's guess. To be honest with you, you know, first of all, looking from the Dave Allen perspective, you know, he's usually all over social media, you know, you know pretty much what he's doing every single second of every day. Um, having seen him at the, on, on the telly at the press conference today, he looks in decent nick. He looked very serious. He looked as though he wanted to take on uh, Chris Lovejoy. Obviously, I think the deal will be done with Don King. I think he's just, you know, playing up, acting up a little bit. You know, Box just to, yeah, that's it. Get a payday, get his face on the box, stuff like that, get his name mentioned. Um, but I think this fight's going to go ahead. So, yeah, it depends what Dave Allen turns up. I think you're right. He can't box. He got his head boxed off by David Price. I think a certain type of opponent is good for Dave Allen. Like a Lucas Brown, who, you know, Lucas Brown loved, loves a slugfest, so they went toe-to-toe. And it was just a case of who landed the first, you know, meaningful punch, if you like, which was obviously Dave Allen with that body shot. Now, yeah. you say that, but we don't know what to expect from Christopher Lovejoy. We say, we've mentioned 19 and 19 knockouts. There's not really a name on that record that I could tell you I know. I'd be lying if I said I knew, you know, anybody who he's for so who knows but he's he's in the bubble 
he's there. He's, he's serious. And, you know, once Hearn and King sort out whatever politics they've got to sort out, God knows what we're going to get. Um, who knows? The question yeah, I, think, I mean, go on, Sam. This fight, this fight, is it? Is it, to be honest with you, as you said, it's, it's one that we, it's actually more intriguing because no one really knows what's going to happen. And it's actually a better fight than the Christian Hammer fight. Now, the Christian Hammer is definitely a more established, a better opponent than what, um, oh, his name just left me for a second. Lovejoy. Um, yeah, Christopher Lovejoy is. Um, he's more well known. He's, you know, he's, he's fought WBO uh, world title eliminators in the past. And he's beaten David Price. So he was definitely a bigger, better name. But I fancy Christian Hammer to do his job on Dave Allen, on, um, to be honest with you. So um, the fact that Christian Hammer obviously, unfortunately, had to pull out with it, you know, after testing positive for COVID 19, uh, meaning Christopher Lovejoy can step in, makes this a more intriguing, a more competitive fight. Obviously, as you mentioned, Christopher Lovejoy, not many people know too much about him. We can look at his record, it looks quite impressive, but as you say, his list of opponents, don't really recognise any of them. Uh, and I'm sure 16 of them have been in Mexico. So, and 18 of them have been first round knockouts. So, it really is, you can't really read too much into his record. It really, it, it, this guy, it's like, you just don't know what to expect from him. And, we, and that's what makes this fight even more intriguing because we, we, we've just established we don't know what to expect from Dave Allen. And yet we don't know what to expect from this guy, uh, Lovejoy. So, uh, it'll be interesting while it lasts anyway. Honestly, it would not surprise me, you know, if, you know, they've padded up his record like this. Obviously, he's contracted to Don King. If they've padded up his record just for a moment like this where he can say, well, actually, listen, he's contracted to me. You know, he's unbeaten in so many fights, got this many knockouts, and they can really sell him, even though he's probably not anywhere near a level of, you know, what that record would suggest, really. But having said that, Dave Allen, like you said, he's a mixed bag. You know, he can be terrible or he can be brilliant. So it's a real mystery one, but it's it, you know you are you are right in what you're saying. It's it's going to be exciting. And before we somehow try and make a prediction between us, um, the question I want to pose to you, Sam is, what's left for Dave Allen in in the sport of boxing? I think the peak for him would be a British or Commonwealth win. You know he he's had a couple of Commonwealth fights with Lenroy Thomas. The second one obviously didn't end as he would have wanted. And well, the first one actually wouldn't have either, but he was nowhere near in shape, and then he got you know, really fit for the second fight and ended up being a technical draw because he cut his eye early on with a head clash. Yeah. Um, and you've obviously got Fabio Wardley, who's the current English champion. Now, would that be a good fight for Dave Allen? Would, you know, go and get an English belt if, you know, if, you know, he gets through Chris Lovejoy or whatever? Or is he, for him, is he thinking British Commonwealth level? What What do you think? Yeah, well, in terms of uh, the English title, uh, I don't think Dave Allen will have any interest in anything this tight. I do think Fabio Wardley's actually next in line for a shot at the heavyweight title. So um, potentially that fight could be made for the if, for the British heavyweight title. Um, what I would say is, if I was Dave Allen, stay clear of Fabio Wardley. I just that will end his career. To be honest, I fancy Fabio Wardley to, to, to knock Dave Allen out. And for as much as I like Dave Allen as a person, I think he's a real good guy. He's funny. I, I just. You know, he's had some real ups in his career and he's had a lot of downs and I would like to see Dave Allen do well. I just don't think, in terms of his ability level, I just don't think he's up to the same level as a lot of the other British heavyweights around at the moment. And he would need to go up against someone like a Nick Webb 
for the British title. Um, obviously, they haven't already beaten them. Uh, someone like maybe a few years ago, like Sam Stexton, beat people like that um, for the British title. That 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 that's sort of the level that Dave Allen sort of operating at. Um, I, I fancy Fabio Wardley to go on and, and do quite well. I, I don't think he'll he'll win a world title by any stretch of imagination, but I do think Wardley is capable of maybe getting towards European level, um, which is which is a level above Dave Allen really. And what's left for Dave Allen? Being honest, with you, yeah, just money fights. Just money fights, really. That's all that's left for him. Um, I think that's what it comes down to. He, he he will eventually become what David Price is sort of looked at now because David Price, although he beat Dave Allen, is he's seen as a gatekeeper for the rest of the heavyweight division because one, he, he's a he's a sort of biggish name, um, carries power, so you always give him a chance in the fight, um, and he can box a little bit. Dave, David Price as well. Um, but he's seen as a gatekeeper because of his age. Dave Allen because he's younger. It hasn't necessarily got that gatekeeper tag just yet. He's more seen as oh, he could, you know, he could go on to do something potentially. So it's so not not quite a prospect, but you know, potentially could do something. Um, and everyone hopes he does something. But he's in danger of becoming a gatekeeper. And I, I think if he fails to win this fight, I, I, to be honest, I don't see where he goes. Key, I, I don't see where he goes. I, I don't see, you know, maybe maybe he takes the loser to buy Joyce or something like that and takes another pay there. I don't know, but. Um, yeah, uh, he needs to win. He needs to win for the sake of his career. Otherwise, he's in big trouble. He's openly admitted that he's financially quite stable now through boxing. I think he, you know, he's achieved a lot of money from being a pay-per-view sort of... You know, he's often a last-minute you know, shovel onto the pay-per-view, isn't he, by Eddie Earn, because he's a ticket seller, because he gets the fans in and the fans really like him. But I don't think the quality is there for him. I, I really like him. I want him to do well like you. Um, but I think for him, he's got to know. He's going to be financially secure. He's got to know when to call it a day now. If he wins, then again, go for a British or Commonwealth. And if he wins one of them, that's more than he will have ever imagined. And I think that he'll ever do, to be honest with you. But he's got to be careful with the fights that he picks, I think, because you're right. He could he could end up getting seriously hurt if he comes up against the wrong opponent. I mean, do you remember the Bracamonte fight? He was quite yeah. an unknown Argentine everywhere, and it was a war. and they both were in a bad way after it. Yeah. And I just think Bracamonte was tough, but wasn't necessarily the biggest puncher, not got the best quality. He could come up against someone, Dave Allen, who could seriously hurt him. So if he's going to carry on, he's got to pick his fights wisely and have a plan in his head. He's going to make the money that he needs. Um, but having said that, I do hope he fights Christopher Lovejoy. I'm looking forward to it and I do hope he wins. Um, so I'll make my prediction first. I think I'm going to go uh, Dave Allen with a stoppage inside four to six rounds, definitely before the sixth round. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, it's a minefield. Eric could happen. Oh, God, I really hope Dave <laughs> Allen wins. Um, do you know what? I'm going to back Dave Allen. I think, um, I really hope I don't. Uh, live to regret that decision because I've, I've sort of just last couple of minutes while I've been waiting to, to come to me over the prediction I've been toying with saying love joy and um, but the bookies just don't tend to get it wrong that often do they and Dave Allen's a massive favourite with the bookies so I am going to say Dave Allen's surely based on that but I would not be surprised whatsoever if love joy is to win so we're both in unison with 
Usyk points, but uh, Hearts are saying Chisora late stoppage. I think yeah. Selby on points. Sam thinks Cambosos Jr. is going to come and give us a bit of a shock. We're both yep. saying Savannah Marshall one way or another, and we're both saying Dave Allen. But in reality, none of us have got a clue how that one's going to go. Um, but all I can say, Sam, is that was thoroughly enjoyable. I think we've done it justice. Um, I think it's safe to say we're both really looking forward to Fight Night, or Fright Night as they're calling it, because it's on Halloween. Um, thank you very much, Sam, for your time. Yeah. Just before you go, Keen, I'm just, yes. just checking. Um, the odds on the Selby Combosis Junior fight, just whilst, whilst you're there. You're on because I mean, oh, it's really close. Okay, Lee Selby's 11 to 10, and Composers Jr. is the favourite at a 11 to 8 on. That's interesting. So, um, yeah, the, the Composers Jr. to win is 11 to 8 by decision, and Selby's 6 to 4, so it's really close in terms of points. Um, so, yeah, it's just Sky got that really close. That, that's actually a 50 50, then, isn't it? To pick them. Composers Jr. maybe just slightly favoured by the bookies, but um, obviously, yeah, it's, uh, that'll be a really interesting fight. That's the fight I'm most looking forward to, to be honest with you. That's the, um, other than the main event. Mm. Yeah, so. it, you've really made it more interesting for me. Obviously, like I said, I didn't really know that much about you know Combosus Jr. But like I said, bookies don't get it wrong often, so they're expecting a close fight. I'm really looking forward to the whole thing, Sam, and I, I, as I'm sure you are too. Um, it's going to be a really intriguing night of boxing. Um, and who knows what's going to happen. Anyone's guess, really. It's just good to have some boxing on. Obviously, we would have loved the fans there. I'm sure Derek Chisora would have loved the fans there as well to spur him on when he needs them. Because he will need them when he's digging deep at times, I imagine, against Alexander Usyk. Anyway, talking... Two of the biggest fans in the arena, won't even there, David Hay and Tony Bellew screaming at them. I'm, so. I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll hear them both. Def- <laughs> definitely Bellew. <laughs> Rings yeah, oh, value, value's like uh, he's horrendous, isn't he? He's just that's all you can hear. Value when, when, whenever they, one of his fighters is on television or one of his friends on television, even in this in the circumstances we find now, it's uh, all you can hear. Is value you can hear him over the commentary, can't you? So yeah, I'm sure uh, Dennis is all. won't need any uh, motivation come Saturday night. Even when he's on commentary, he puts the microphone and headphones there and starts standing up. Adam Smith's <laughs> looking for him for analysis. He's like, "Where are you, Tony? He's there, stood up coaching." And he's and a scouser, he, isn't he? He's always got so, so, too much to say, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. You know, about, you know about that, don't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why this podcast has gone on longer than what it should have. Hey, well, I think we're still inside an hour, so we'll get away with it. <laughs> anyway, let's look forward to what's going to happen. Really interesting few fights, especially Usyk and Chisora. Talking is done um, from you know the fighters and myself and Sam. So thanks to Sam. Thank you all for listening. This has been another edition of the Match Day FM podcast.